Tigers on Cage. Shoot, Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Welcome to the Tigers podcast. That is everything medicine at Tigers in the WHL. We call this Tigers Uncaged, powered by Sound Country Co-op. You came up with the name, so like props to you. You know, I was just drinking, thinking one day, and I was like, Tigers Uncaged. That'd yeah. be a great idea. <laughs> we appreciate you hopping along this episode number two. This is... Uh, this is a really big one. I, I know last week we kind of dipped into the Cole Sillinger conversation. Right. We got a chance to talk to Scott Roblin, who has uh, some really breaking news on the situation that he put on his Twitter this week. Yeah, it's a fluid one, fluid situation, but there's been more and more conversation surrounding it. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll hear from Scott and get to talk to him. Uh, also, Lucas Vikovsky going to stop by as he came back Saturday for his first game with Tigers. Uh, this season, and uh, the 20-year-old just came back from Pittsburgh. So yeah. dive into that. Also learn about his dad a little bit, as his father used to be an NHLer. Fun fact. I did not know that. He was like, apparently, he. I think he played 110, 120 games and had 55, 60 points. Whoa. So like a pretty decent Look production. You know what? I'll say, I think Luke is going to have a big year. Yeah. And I know Saturday he had two goals against the Swift Current Broncos. He might be the guy the Tigers rely on to score goals. Yeah, well, clearly, if, if Saturday is any indication. So we'll chat with him and then get our kind of uh, POV of, of what opening night looked like at Co-op yeah. Place. It was, uh, it was an intense night for both of us. You got to hop along the broadcast booth with Scott Roblin, do yeah. a little color, and uh, for the first time in 20 months, I got to be the, uh, the game host. Right. And it was a. You're was wearing a, some weird shirts on the ice. I noticed too. Yeah, from the Tiki Press. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were ready for a luau. That was interesting. But uh, nonetheless, we'll talk about that. We got a great show for you. Uh, stick around and uh, have some fun. Come on, check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers. More roar in a minute. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. This Extreme is touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Tigers. Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. Jesse and Lance, your host. Jesse off being a dad right now, so it's just me, Lance, hanging out. But we have in his place Tigers forward Lucas Fakowski jumping on. Hey, Lucas, how are you, bud? Really good, yeah. Thanks so much for having me, guys. No worries, man. Uh, first off, uh, your first game. Back in Tigers colors over at Co-op Place on Saturday, uh, went well personally with a couple goals. Obviously, not the result that the the Tigers were looking for. Just uh, kind of your thoughts on, on how that Saturday went, and if you have any on Friday as well. Just the overall weekend. Uh yeah, I know. Obviously, we were, we were excited to uh, 
you know, get back playing here in front of fans. Uh, they were awesome, super loud all night. Uh, I think that the start that we wanted, we were down obviously three after the first. So I think we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot early there. But, uh, you know, after, after that first period, I think we really changed our game around. I think we, um, you know, kind of, kind of took charge after that and, um, you know, had, had uh, most of the play in, in their end. And, um, you know, we were close to coming back. Um, we had lots of chances there late. And, um, you know, I just think if we, if we had a better start, um, you know, we could have definitely came out to two points. Did, did Saturday feel like two different complete games for you on that night, just with the way you started and how it ended? A little bit. I think, um, you know, after, after that fight by, by Danny, Noah Danielson there, um, I think it really just energized our group a lot. Pretty sure that was halfway, just about halfway through the game in the second there. So, um, yeah, that was, you know, that was huge for our team. Um, we got a lot of momentum from that. Um, ever since that, I think we really dominated the play. And you were playing on a line with Corson Hopwo, Caleb Wilms. I know uh, Oren Strom got mixed in there a little bit as well. But uh, you and Corson go way back when you grew up together. So what's it been like playing with Corson now in your overage seasons and, and kind of growing apart from each other when you first entered the WHL and then ending up here at Medicine Hat together? Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. You know, obviously, um, he's one of my really close friends. Uh, when you when you've been around a guy like that for so long, I mean, I still remember us having sleepovers when we were like seven, eight years old. Um, and then, you know, getting up early, going to the rank together, uh, stuff like that. So we just have, you know, lots of, lots of good memories together. And, um, you know, it's, it's awesome that uh, we're still playing together. And um, yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's a great person, great player as well. Uh, I think we, we really push each other um, on the ice a lot. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're both competitors, so uh, we just want to make each other better. And I just want to see him be su- successful. Uh, he wants to see me be successful. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's really good for both of us. I don't know if that helps sparked what, uh, what happened last year. Obviously, it was a strange one on ice. But, but I mean, off ice, you didn't really get the, the victory lap you deserved for the Memorial E-Cup, did you? Like, like you didn't really get you know the big speech. If, for, for those who forget that what the CHL did was kind of create this NHL, like through the video game, uh, competition between the entire CHL and then mixed in some alumni as well. And one player was left standing, Lucas Fikowski. Uh Did that start with Corson being kids and then he just all of a sudden got really good at the game or what went on there? I mean, we, we'd play a little growing up, but not too much. Um, I didn't really get into it till kind of like the COVID happened. So in quarantine, I just hop on with some of my buddies and stuff like that. And I ended up being pretty good, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. Um, pretty cool winning that. I haven't played in a while here, so um, I don't know if I have that magic touch anymore. But you got nothing to train for anymore. You got no reason to train. Like you're no. already the best. Everyone knows it. Oh, exactly. I think um, I'll hang it up after that. I'll go out with the win. So yeah, good for you. Good for you. In conversation with Lucas Vikovsky, uh, now you have a proper like you know congratulatory speech, and you get to do a victory lap a little bit. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> did did I see this correctly that? that your father played in the show in the NHL back in the day. Is that true? He did, yeah. He, uh, I think he got about 130 games. He played for Washington. So I actually never got to see him play. Um, he retired pretty early because of like concussion problems and other injuries. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, never got to see him play. But oh, he's, been, he's been a huge part of my life. Um, 
you know, just making me the hockey player I am right now. Do you find it ironic at all? Do you guys laugh a little bit with the rivalry now that exists between Washington and Pittsburgh and the fact that you were drafted in the fourth round of Pittsburgh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, one of the things we talked about after the draft. But, um, you know, obviously uh, I'm not quite there yet. So, you know, maybe if I get there one day, then we can have a laugh about it. What was that camp like for you? You just returned not that long ago from, uh, from Pittsburgh's camp. And, and so often we hear that when, when people come back, they see the game a lot differently from that, you know, jump going from the WHL to an NHL training camp. Did you feel that jump when you came back here to town on Saturday? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, skating with those guys, it's obviously, you know, they're men, so it's, it's faster. Um, guys are more mature over there um, physically. You know, guys are stronger. I, I noticed they make a lot less mistakes as well. So I think, um, you know, there I just tried to learn as much as I can and, um, you know, being an older guy here, uh, just bringing it to the young guys, you know, just being a leader, making them as comfortable as they can and stuff like that. So definitely a really good two weeks. And, you know, I learned I learned so much from that two weeks. And I'm just happy to be back here and just uh, be playing again. Most of us, if not almost all of us, don't get the opportunity to be at a camp like that, Lucas, and get to experience what those two weeks are like. Um, can, can you take us through maybe what the weeks look like, what you're doing, and kind of the entire process within it all? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Um, we were obviously uh, in Pittsburgh, so I I got there a couple days early and just kind of got settled in, stayed in the hotel the entire time uh, with a roommate. Uh, my roommate was awesome, played in the Quebec Junior League. So I think he was drafted uh, in the last draft in 2021. So got to be close with him as well. We'd have long days at the rink. We'd get there about 7, 7.30, 7.45. Always uh, did some off-ice stuff before we went into practice. And we'd have practice, eat at the rink after, go back to the hotel for a little bit, and then either have another practice or scrimmage or a game or something like that. So... Yeah, it was it was a grind for sure, but it it was a lot of fun. Just seeing how well guys take care of their bodies, how hard they work, not only on the ice but off the ice as well. It was it was really cool, and you know, seeing guys like Crosby and Malkin and stuff like that. Unfortunately, they weren't on the ice, but cause they're going through injuries right now. But seeing seeing them off the ice and got a chance to talk to them a little bit. So you know, they're obviously great players, and they were. Really good guys as well is the one thing that stood out to me. So it was a really good, really good time there. Obviously, you're not that far removed from being in Pittsburgh. But when you look at maybe if you can find one thing, whether it be on ice, off ice, uh, something that you've figured, okay, this is what these guys are doing, the Crosby's and the Malkins. This is what I need to incorporate into my game day routine or what on my on ice work uh, before games. Like, what was that one thing that kind of stood out to you? Honestly, for me, I think it was just the way they prepared and the way they ate, to be honest. Um, like, the the meals that they'd be having, I mean, after a workout, they'd have a meal within, like, 15 minutes after, have a full protein shake and whatnot. They just acted like complete professionals, so I think that's one thing that I definitely took out of it. Seeing all those guys, uh, how much they, like, stretch and stuff like that before they go out on the ice, even for, like, a morning skate or something like that was crazy to me so um yeah that's definitely something that 
um, I know now helps my helps my body feel better before I go on the ice. I mean, it's not the sexy stuff of, of doing on ice drills and all that good stuff and working on on the game, but so often it seems like how you are off the rink and just the preparation you put in, like you said, uh, both physically and even on the mental side, it, it takes you leaps and bounds further than than at first you realize, doesn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I'm not a even close to a, an athlete these days, but I, I can try and understand a little bit. Uh, I tell you what, obviously, we, we, we talked about it off the top, not the weekend that the Tigers were looking for. That is very clear, but there's a lot of runway left in the season, and I, I know the runway starts with what comes up this weekend uh, with Red Deer and Edmonton. When you look at the back half of that Saturday game and, and find some positives that you can throw into the mix during a week of practice, uh, what's kind of the the expectation over this weekend? Obviously, winning, but what different things maybe are are you looking to build on? Yeah, I think um, you know our last two days to your practice have been really good. You know, I think they were better than last week. I don't think we were fully prepared to play last week. I think we definitely could have been better in, in practices and stuff like that. And I think it starts in practice as well. Um, so yeah, we we were good today, and I think just. You know, having that good week of practice, um, you know, guys are working hard on the ice, off the ice, everyone's working out right now. I'm actually missing out a little bit. Tell Joe I'm sorry. Tell Joe that he can, he can work <laughs> me out if he has to. I will. I will. Um, yeah, but I mean, like I said, the guys are going hard. So, um, and I think looking back at the second half of last game on Saturday, I think we definitely have a lot of uh, positives to take out of, out of that game. And, um, you know, I think just, just sticking with it, just tightening up a little bit defensively. You know, obviously we had a lot of chances. Their goalie had a good game. So, um, you know, just just uh, trying to bury down on those chances a little bit. And I, I think we could have had a couple more. So I think just that's all we got to really focus on. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, last one for you, Lucas, and we'll let you go. But And I, I don't want to bring it up as like this cloud, but you and I both know in, in an overage season, uh, there's a lot of enjoyment and soaking in the moment, and I hope you're doing that and continue to do that throughout this year uh, when when you realize that it's your 20 year and you're kind of going through and, and soaking it all in. Have you had the opportunity to to, to maybe enjoy the, the workouts with Joe just a little bit more and, and hanging out at co-op place and, and obviously getting fans back is a huge step in the right direction, but even when you consider like what happened last year with, with the COVID season and, and so much being up in the air. Are you, are you able to, to try and, you know, sit in and soak in the moments a little bit more? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, definitely. Um, it's, it's crazy how, how quick my, you know, junior careers kind of come. Like it feels like just yesterday I was, you know, six inch in the locker room with, um, you know, older guys like that. No, I'm, I'm one of the older guys. So <laughs> yeah, now you're, now you're an old guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to take it day by day here. But, you know, it's I, I love it here. It's been a lot of fun. Just taking it day by day. We still got the full season ahead of us. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what we can do. Lucas, really appreciate you jumping on here, man. And uh, and like I said, soak in the season, enjoy it. And if you keep putting up two goals a game, uh, you, you might have quite the stat sheet by the end of the year. My God. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep that up. As you should. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on. Tigers forward, Lucas Svekovsky. Thanks for jumping on, Lucas. We will take a quick break when we come back. Interim voice on the radio side for the Medicine Hat Tigers, Scott Roblin. We're going to jump on. We'll get his thoughts on the weekend that was and what lies ahead for the Black and Orange. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. <laughs> Powered by 
by South Country Co-op. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. The talk of Tigertown. Great moments are born from great opportunities. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Welcome back to the Tigers Uncaged podcast. Lance and I talking all Medicine Hat Tigers in the WHO. Very excited to have him back again this week. The interim play-by-play guy, Mr. Scott Roblin. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. First off, congratulations on your first weekend. Out of the gate, you sounded great. The nerves officially done with? Uh, I think there's still a little residual nerves, but yeah. I think the biggest uh, chunk of that uh, is, is hopefully passed. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic weekend. Uh, obviously not the results the Tigers were, were looking for, but uh, just to get back in the booth and uh, to be on the road with the team, um, just very, very cool to get back to that experience. And uh, I think more than anything really finding on Saturday night was the fans back at Co-op Place was just so it was just such a breath of fresh air to the excitement of the game so fantastic weekend uh, results aside but uh, yeah yeah really happy to be back doing it yeah professionally that's uh, that's a huge milestone that's really cool so congratulations and and thanks for letting me be a part of the uh, of the home opener over at Co-op Place that was a lot of fun on the broadcast uh, we we noticed it on Saturday uh, I, and I think Friday could have been somewhat similar uh, but definitely a tale of two games within one game, especially Saturday where the start was very slow. And by the, I'd say, midway point even of the second period, late second, you started to see the momentum for the Tigers really carry up. And then the third period, Tigers carried the play. Yeah, I think for the Tigers this weekend, consistency was just the biggest issue. Um, you know, speaking with Willie Desjardins, um, you know, he actually wasn't, uh, you know, too uh, mad about the actual start for the game on Saturday night at home for the first seven, eight minutes, thought they were able to generate some chances. But as the first period went along, uh, just a lot of defensive miscues and some some mental mistakes from the Tigers defenders that uh, allowed Caleb Y. Rostock to get wide open for the first goal of the game. And then kind of they took their foot off the, the gas a little bit as the first period ended, and that allowed Rafael Pelche to come in and uh, get that draw pass and, and rip home the 3 nothing goal. And when you're playing from a 3 nothing deficit, I don't care what team you are in the WHL, uh, that's a big hill to climb up. And even if you turn around your game and start getting more chances like they did in the second and especially the third period, um, for the Tigers, it's just they ran out of runway. Uh, it, they they ran into a very, very good goaltender in, in Isaac Poulter, who won WHL Goaltender of the Week. Um, I thought Poulter was excellent, both in his shutout win on Friday night. But I think for the Tigers, offense generation is going to be the biggest thing for them moving forward uh, because you know they still haven't been able
able to get the shot totals that we usually expect out of this team, especially going back to Friday night. I mean, they only put 20 shots on goal, including just five in the third period against yeah. the Broncos. So I think that's going to be a focus for the Tigers heading into this week, and they got a couple tough opponents uh, with, with Red Deer and Edmonton coming up. It was a classic Tiger game where if you just had five more minutes <laughs> in that third period, I think they would have well, tied it up. that's what we were saying at the end of the game. Like, you and I were talking after, and it was just very typical where yeah. the start wasn't great, and then... If only they had a couple more minutes because they were buzzing yeah. by the end. And, and the crowd started getting into it at the like end. That. It's always yes. like that. Yeah, And uh, you're right. When it comes to the goal production, you you got to wonder who's going to be that guy. Svikoski looked very good. He could be mm-hmm. a guy who generates a lot of goals for the Tiger. The one guy we were anticipating to get a lot of goals, Cole Sillinger, still with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And earlier this week on your Twitter feed, uh, some big news regarding Cole Sillinger. So I think the biggest thing with Cole Sillinger right now, he's impressing at Columbus Blue Jackets preseason and, and camp, and he's getting a lot of big looks in the lineup. I was in the starting lineup earlier this week as well for a, a game against Buffalo, I believe. Um, yeah, he's getting a lot of opportunities, and I'm expecting him to get kind of the nine-game look for, for a first-year player. It all depends if Columbus wants to keep him up at the big club or if they want to reassign him. And this has been something I've seen a lot of conflicting reports on if he's – Part of the CHL-NHL transfer agreement that mandates for a major junior player for a CHL team that they either have to play in the NHL or they have to be sent to their major junior team. I've also seen some reports, specifically from Aaron Portsline and Scott Wheeler from The Athletic, who have said he is American Hockey League eligible due to his time playing in the USHL last year. Mm. Um, He was on loan from the Tigers, so I I reached out to the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, their their media relations department, and I got a response back, and they said, to their knowledge, he is able to play in the American Hockey League this year. So that creates a whole new wrinkle for the Tigers, um, just because they're not only competing with the Blue Jackets for his services, but if the Blue Jackets feel he's not ready for the NHL level, he doesn't have to be sent back to Medicine Hat. He can go to Cleveland in the American Hockey League and develop at the pro level there. So uh, it's a tough, tough look for the Tigers um, in in terms of not necessarily, you know, how do you forecast this? Because you don't know which team he's going to go to. You don't even know, um, you know, when they let Cole Sillinger get to that point, um, you know, if he was going to make the NHL as an 18 year old. You know, that's that's a pretty amazing thing for someone to do at 18 years old. Um, But it's just a tough situation all around for Medicine Hat because this now puts them in a less likely position that they're going to get Cole Sillinger back for his 18-year-old season. Um, it could still happen. They could still decide that you know Sillinger is best suited to, to return to Major Junior. Um, but now they do have to deal with that. Not only uh, does he have a chance at playing in the NHL, he now has a chance at still playing pro at a little bit lower level. Yeah, it's... What a dynamic. It's yeah. very it, it's, it's very so convoluted, unique. right? So unique. And it still pisses me off when they said when he got drafted <laughs> that they did not draft mm-hmm. him as a medicine at Tiger. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, excuse you. <laughs> right. He is a Tiger. We loaned him. And it's not that you don't understand it. It's like you get why it's happened, but it's still not right. No. And that's what it feels, right? Because, because, yeah, you're right. Like the Tigers end up loaning him to the USHL so that he can play games in his draft year and, and, and do the good deed. And now you have this weird dynamic where it's like, okay, does that classify as him being AHL eligible or is it because he was on loan that he's still WHL eligible? And if it does classify him for the A, then it makes that fight between the WHL and the USHL to have their team and their league be recognized as 
uh, producing Cole Sillinger in the NHL draft so much more interesting. <laughs> well, like, it adds so many more layers. And not only that, but it is going to be interesting moving forward between the multiple leagues that we're talking about, about these transfer agreements. Because not only for the Tigers, but for the WHL as a whole, this is a marketable star they were expecting to come yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And Cole Sillinger has played... About 44 games in the WHL. Right. It's not a lot because he played his rookie season. He was injured for a chunk of that rookie season, went over down to Sioux Falls in the States, and now there's a potential that he's either going to play in the NHL full-time this year or the American Hockey League. So for the Tigers, it's a huge case of you know what could have been with Cole Sillinger if he doesn't get returned to Medicine Hat here. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to be advocating as well as the WHL for him to come back and, and to honor the CHL NHL agreement. But if he is eligible by the NHL standards uh, to play in the American Hockey League, that's very enticing for a Columbus Blue Jackets organization who could say, you know what, you're not ready to play in the NHL quite at this point, but we still want you playing against professionals and to work on your foot speed against professionals. Um, it's going to be fascinating over the next couple of weeks to see what happens with Cole. Again, there is still a chance he comes back to Medicine Hat, but I think it's a less likely chance than it was uh, a couple weeks ago. But you even look at like skill sets, right? And, and when you consider the skill set that Cole Sillinger has, it's like... Uh, so often we see 18-year-olds that aren't ready in a bunch of different aspects. But with with Sillinger, there's only ever been one real conversation piece as to why he's not ready, and it's his skating. But he has NHL-ready shot, and he has the IQ, and he sees the game. 200-foot game. In a way, right? He he sees and plays the game in all the right ways that you would expect out of an everyday NHLer. And so that's what's interesting in the dynamic with Cole Sillinger is that if you're the Blue Jackets and you have the option to send him to the A, you're probably taking that because the only aspect you need him to really work on is his skating. Exactly. But he can produce in all these other yeah. aspects. Well, right? and yeah. also Columbus is quite thin down the middle uh, heading into the season. So whether he starts the season and then gets sent down or is a mid-season call-up, um, that's a big reason why I think the Blue Jackets could exercise that because it's a lot more flexibility for them on yeah. saying, hey, Sillinger has really improved his footwork. Let's bring him up for three or four games. Yeah. If he's not performing at the NHL level, we'll send him back down. Now the question I have, if he starts the NHL with his nine games like he does and they send him to the AHL, he can come back whenever he wants, right? There, there's no he, limit on he how can. many he's, games. He's not like waiver eligible just because he's on his entry-level contract right now. Now the biggest thing with those nine games and the reason why we bring it up is – uh, you uh, a rookie can play nine games in the NHL without burning the first year of his contract. So he can play more than nine games. He could play the entire season with Columbus if uh, if that's what Jarmo Kekalainen and, and his management team chooses. But those nine games will allow him, if he plays eight or nine, you can send him to the AHL or the WHL and you don't burn the first year of his deal. Yeah, I can honestly see the, you know, the nine games with Columbus. You send him down, work on the conditioning, work on the skating, whatever, and then halfway through the season, you look at injuries. That could happen as well. Mm-hmm. You bring back up I just I don't know if I see a scenario where they send him back to the juniors just to work on skating Lance like you said the only one being if Columbus just doesn't feel that because they're not anticipated to be all that competitive in the NHL this year that burning a year of his contract is worth it yeah and, and, so, and also the aspect of Cole Sillinger for the majority of his hockey career is dominated at most levels he's been at yeah. and has been a top-line player. Even if he goes to the American Hockey League, I don't necessarily know if he's going to be playing top-line. He might be playing second or third right. uh, just because he is 18 years old, and this is something that we, we, we talk about. Um, that is one aspect where I can see him you know, starting the season in the NHL and then getting sent back down, but... Uh, 
And, and also, if he, if he starts in junior, it will allow him to play top line power play um, and really be the dynamic player that he, he wants to be. But it is that balancing act of where he's at in his professional hockey career, if that's what's best for him or if it's best to uh, have him playing against men. Scott Roblin, always a pleasure. We could talk hours and hours, but uh, we got to let you go. Good luck this weekend, and uh, thanks for hopping on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, guys. More Tigers uncaged in seconds. That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged. Welcome back to the Tigers Uncaged Podcast. It's Jesse and Lance. We got a chance to be at Co-op Place for the home opener on Saturday. And, you know, it wasn't the result we wanted. We've talked about that. But uh, we both got to do some different things. You got a chance to hop on side with uh, Scott Roblin, do a little color. What was that experience like? A lot of fun. It was cool to uh, to have Bob Ridley's bird's eye view of of Co-op Place and, and get to see the game in a different way because you really end up feeling the momentum shifts and the ebbs and flow because you can kind of feel the crowd a little bit from above it. Uh, and, and then you get a deeper dive into the actual game itself because you have to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, so that was really good. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to be jumping on there a, a few times throughout the season. Um, not this weekend. Cause you know, weddings and Thanksgiving yeah. and stuff. That's yeah. always great. Um, but yeah, so, so Scott said that I haven't been fired yet. Hey, so that's good. So I'll be right. able to come back for a few more anyway, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's got to awesome. be such a cool experience. And uh, you know, you look sharp, by the way. I did. I did you have had a tie. The hair on. done up. You had the tie. I know. Is that always just just announcers in general have to look like that for a broadcast? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Because <laughs> I went, I was golfing in the morning. I had a golf tournament that morning. And so I did my hair, and that day, if you remember, wind was like seventy k. <laughs> yeah. So it was a complete train wreck. I was like, this is a waste of time. And uh, the guys I was I were, uh, was golfing with were like, "Why are you doing your hair? What's the point? Like, like who cares?" And I said, "Well, Scott told me I have to dress up. I got to look the part. <laughs> Apparently, I can't show up in a hoodie and and a hat. And that's that's frowned upon. So, so that was news to me. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just all of the play by play guys is always wearing ties, and it just feels like you'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, you want to be all natural." Yeah, that, it that, felt, that's why I it felt loose, it. but uh, uh, but but yeah, you were wearing some weird coat. On yeah, the ice. Tiki Press gave us some uh, cool luau little shirt button up shirts. Like button up shirt. Rory and <laughs> I were rocking. We were throwing the t shirts. Right. Man, it was so great to be back on the ice and, and doing that and cutting a little promo before the game. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think the uh, the start of the crowd. I don't know if the mic was loud enough. It seemed like the crowd. It took a little bit for them to get into it. Well, and, maybe they were rusty. I, well, I think it has something to do with it. I mean, yeah. 20 months it's been since we've been at Co-op Place. Right. But, you know, being back there and just feeding 
feeding off of that crowd. It was so much fun. It's a little different, though, doing those breaks and having to wear a mask. Yeah. That was the one thing that really got me. That was different. It didn't feel or look any different from where I was until I would look up every now and then at the Tigertron and saw you in a mask. And I was like, oh, yeah, COVID's still a thing, right? Yeah, well, I I tried to get away with the first break because I thought, you know, if I walk around the the concourse, obviously I wear a mask. But when it was go time, I figured maybe I'd take off the mask so they could hear me. Right. But I don't think people like that. So they wanted me to wear the mask (laughs) the entire time. And, you know, being my outlandish self and, and screaming and, and running around, right. I almost felt suffocated. Like, yeah. Kyle was like, hey, we got to go to the next break. I was like, pump the brakes, man. Yeah, right. I got to catch down. the breath. It was just, it, it's a different experience. But, hey, I'll take being at co-op place. I'll yeah. take being in front of the fans. And I'll take that, you know, that environment of hockey again. Yeah, yeah. The energy yeah. was nice. Are you are you back Saturday? Not there Saturday. Like you said, weddings. Right. So yeah, for life. chat night, you and I aren't going to be there. So are Man, we what great, an L that we took. What great chat employees we are. That's tough. But, uh, I, just, I completely forgot that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Uh, that's all right. Well, they'll, they'll live. Uh, but I'll be back for the next one. Uh, very weird to have the two media timeouts, though. Per period. Like, yeah. we're used to having the yeah. one at the 10. Now it's like 13 and 7. Yeah, it's like the NHL. Yeah. Like they do the two media breaks. A little weird. But, uh, hey, Tigers hockey is back this weekend. Tigers getting set to uh, take on Red Deer in Red Deer. And then the Edmonton Oil Kings, which I feel like there's now been that little rivalry. They are going to come into co-op place for chat night Saturday, 7 o'clock. Tickets available at TigersHockey.com. Or you can listen to Scott Roblin. He's got the broadcast right here on Chat 94.5. Uh, thanks for listening. Go Tigers, go. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.